Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 322 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Austin Mascaro. Austin lives in Los Angeles, California, where he is a private banker. Welcome, Austin. Jen, thank you so much for having me today. This is amazing, a dream come true. Like many people tell you, I'm super excited to be here and tell my story. Well, thank you so much. It really is a dream for me to get to talk to people every day. Well, not every day, but you know what I mean? (laughs) A few times a week. I love doing it because it's so inspiring for me to see how intermittent fasting has changed so many lives. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Couldn't agree more. You know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? So the first time I remember hearing about intermittent fasting 
was in 2019. And at that time, so a lot later than other people, but at that time, all around me, keto was the rage. Okay. Oh, yeah. that, at least in my world, it's just keto this, keto that, keto will, it's the miracle answer. That's it. Okay. You know, so long story short, I think I tried keto for two weeks and it just was not for me because I just love carbs and it just, it wasn't for me. Okay. I know it works for a lot of people. Well, you know, I get it. I'm the same way. And, you know, it didn't work for me. I tried it for a lot more than two weeks. I did it for the entire summer of 2014. And it was definitely not for me. I never felt good the whole time. But, you know, keto was giant at that point. Everyone was doing it. And it was in the intermittent fasting world. That was where a lot of the arguing came in. Because the people who are like super duper proponents of keto were like, well, if you're not doing keto, you're wasting your time. I'm like, no, I lost 80 pounds without doing keto. I promise you, I'm not wasting my time. Anyway, a lot of arguing back in those days that that was like the one true way. So it didn't feel right. You're 100% right. And I was in the Facebook groups, of course, for the keto and everything. That's when they, you know, they were talking about intermittent fasting, you know, hey, for those of you that are new, do keto all the way, but don't do intermittent fasting until you know, this X amount of time passes by, you can't do both at once, all this stuff, right? So it's confusing <laughs> and there's information. And like you said, the arguing, right? Someone posts a picture, can I have this or I have this? And just everyone swarms them and attacks them, right? So that lasted for a couple weeks and I'm like, oh, I'm good. I, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to try that. So fast forward to August of last year, 2022, okay? Now, mind you, I've, I've pretty much been overweight my whole life. And I think at that point, I have no problem saying it, I was at 290 about at that point, somewhere in 285, 290. And I've been on this, the TikTok app for a while that we hear about, you know, all the kids are on it. So I'm on it and I found this page. I came across this guy and he just has like a positive, upbeat attitude. And he was talking about, hey, if you want to lose weight, you know, you got to count the calories, count your this, count your that. But he's talking about incorporating intermittent fasting. I'm like, oh, there's that term again, intermittent fasting. Okay. He's like, look, it's simple. You eat from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m., right? The 16-8 that we're all so familiar with and we all hear. That's your window. You know, you have your two meals and your snack in there. You watch your calories. You eat a lot of protein and you're going to lose weight, guaranteed. So I don't know what it was about this specific guy, but I was like, I just like this guy. You know what? I'm going to try it. Let's just try it. Let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. I started out with, you know, I calculated what my calories should be, you know, quote unquote, and I was doing, all right, 12 to 8, this is it. Because, I mean, for me, it was eat as soon as I get up and eat until the second I went to bed, right? And that was my life. And obviously, I was severely overweight. I mean, it makes sense, right? So it was nonstop eating. So I started to do this. Well, the weight started to fall off. This was without going to the gym or any real exercise because I have a two-year-old at home, my wife and I. Oh, so we're busy, you know, thank you. Full-time job. The gym, I just wasn't, it wasn't in the cards at the moment. So just doing the intermittent fasting, the weight started to come off. And I think the first three months, it was like 10 pounds a month, right? So it was just melting away. It was just going, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. In that time, I started to want to learn more about intermittent fasting specifically. So I headed over to Spotify and I just searched intermittent fasting. And one of the podcasts that I found, lo and behold, intermittent fasting stories. And I was like, intermittent fasting stories, okay, this must be about people that talk about their experience of intermittent fasting. Okay, this is great. I can listen to this on the way to work and on the way home, whatever. That was it, Jen. It was a wrap from there. The very first episode from Kim Smith all the way to, I don't even know what I'm on right now. I'm in the high 100s, I think. I love it. But 
that was it. This just became my life. And in that time, I moved from the 16 to 8 down to, you know, I would start fasting for 17 hours, 18, 20, until I got to the point where I was OMAD. And I stayed OMAD for a while, for like four months. However, I think I started to go a little bit overboard because the fasting Olympics. Yeah, right? it yeah. was. It was yeah. fasting Olympics, like you say, right, Jen? It's we're not the fasting Olympics, but it was for me. And I just got to the point where the second I opened my window, I was like, okay, 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 come on, come on. I have to, this is it. Come on, let's go. I have to eat quick, quick. And I would have a 30 minute, 45 minute hour window. I mean, every single day. And I think doing that, I really wasn't serving my body well with as far as getting all the nutrients getting all the food in that I needed because it was just shoving it in so fast to close that window just as soon as I opened it. That's such a good point because so many people, and a lot of it is just we're driven by diet culture and the whole like just American, you know, more must be better, right? If, if, right, if fasting right. for 20 hours is good, then 23 and a half must be the best. So we just cross a line. Like, you know, there's a line of you know diminishing returns, right? Where it's like no longer the right length. It's like, here's the sweet spot. Oh, now that's too much. You know, so you have to figure out what that is. And I don't think there's like a one number for everybody, but we have to be cautious with thinking that more must be better. Like there was someone in the community the other day. She's like, I am going to stick to a whole month of 21-3 every single day. I'm like, no, please do not do that. We're not trying to be. And she's like, oh, well, I just thought that would be better. And the answer is no. Yep. We don't need to push it that much. No, absolutely not. It does feel great to fast. It really does. Like OMAD is wonderful. It's awesome. Like when I get a 22 or 23 hour fasting, right? I mean, I'm, I'm feeling great. And then when it's time to eat, it's time to eat, right? It's the feast, of course, as we know, which we say is just as important as the fast. But just going constantly, constantly every day, trying to do a 30, 45 minute window. I mean, especially if I'm not eating the right food necessarily, I'm not doing my body any favors. So I think like right at the beginning of March, I kind of took a step back and I was like, all right, I need to reassess here. And I started going back to the two meal a day, pretty much like a six hour window, give or take. So lunch and dinner, usually like 1.30 PM and close by 6.30 or seven, somewhere in there. And I just really, I focus more on nutrient dense, healthier foods that I can get in. And I've still continued to lose weight. Uh, Since then, I think I've lost still 12, 13 pounds. So it just goes to show it doesn't, I'm not counting calories, but I'm focusing on protein, on fiber. Carbs are wonderful. Sweet potatoes, regular potato, right? All all this stuff. Give it all to me. I'll eat it all. Just focusing on on the foods is important. And of course, I'm not perfect. I, I like to have ice cream. I like to have whatever, right? Just like everyone else. But it's just a lot less, you know, a lot less of the added sugars and and the bad stuff, quote unquote. So you're focusing on real food, nutrient dense food, and your body is happy. So I love that you recognized that trying to squeeze it all into a 30 minute to 45 minute window every day just didn't feel good. You know, we used to have that argument. You talked about Facebook arguments back in the one meal a day Facebook group that I started in 2015. And it's, you know, since closed, but you know, we were the only one meal a day Facebook group for years. And then all of a sudden, one meal a day started taking off. And then people started, you know, popping up groups everywhere. And then all of a sudden, there was this definition that one meal a day had to be one plate of food or done within an hour. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, we're trying to live a lifestyle, an intermittent fasting lifestyle. And I do not want to have to cram food down my throat as fast as I can to meet like this deadline of one hour. Nope. I like it to be luxurious. 
not sustainable, right? I mean, it wasn't sustainable for me. I just, after taking a step back, I was like, I, what was I doing? I mean, again, the fast is great. It feels amazing. But I was like, no, that's not sustainable for me. So like for opening, let's say if 1.30 and closing at 7, let's just say I did that for the majority of the rest of the time. I don't know where I'll be, you know, down the road, but it's working right now. So that's what I'm going to go with. I feel great. I'm still losing weight. You know, I get to eat delicious food. It, it's perfect. I'm with you on the, as far as the definition of OBAN goes, like a four hour window, whatever, like open with, you know, some freshly cut up carrots, celery, cucumbers, right? With some dip, whatever. That's delicious. You know, you open with a snack and then you have your meal a little bit later. That's OMAD to me. So not just the, oh, it's just one plate. That's it. Yeah. Or like with the time limit. Exactly. And yeah. for me, I think of it, you probably have heard me say this before, as like a meal at a fine restaurant where you're having a multi-course meal. You know, I open my window with, let's say I'm having a daily harvest bowl that day. That's like the soup course, right? That's right. And then maybe even like an hour or so later, I need a little something else. I'll have a few cheese and crackers, whatever. And then later I'll have dinner, like the actual, this is the meal of dinner. And then maybe 30 minutes later, have a little something to close my window. So maybe that took five hours. Yep. But it wasn't you know, lunch and dinner because I didn't eat it at lunchtime. I didn't start eating till like maybe three or four o'clock. So it definitely wasn't lunch and dinner. Absolutely. So (laughs) it's that multi-course meal spread out over the dinner time of the day. Yep. I think that's the way it should be. It feels right. It feels luxurious and not like you're cramming it in. But that's what we said to people. There's no reason you have to cram your meal in so that you feel uncomfortable. And I wouldn't be able to eat enough in one hour to last me for the whole day. I mean, I'm a volume eater, but that would not be enough for me. There were a lot of days where it was, you know, I I get done with just such a short window and I ate what I could, right? And then a couple hours later, I'm like, well, I'm hungry, you know, and it's, but it's like, the window's closed. So, oh, well, Austin, too bad. You know, you're going to wait till tomorrow when you have your, you know, next 45 minute window that opens. So a lot of times that happens. Yeah. I'm glad I found a, a good spot where I'm at right now. And again, who knows where I'll be in the future, but right now it works. And you know, it doesn't have to be the same day to day. So anybody who's listening, if you're stuck in the paradigm of one meal a day must be as short as it can be to be good. No, that actually, your body is more likely to adapt to that if you're having the very short, because your body be like, well, I only get a little bit of food every day. I better slow things down. And while intermittent fasting is protective of metabolism, let's say you're eating 800 calories a day in 30 minutes. That's not enough. Your body is eventually going to slow things down. So that's right. Yeah. Shaking things up makes a lot of difference. All right. So how much you started in August of 22. So how many months is that from now? I think we're almost to nine nine uh, months. All right, almost, nine months yeah. in. I had was counting on my fingers like an elementary kid. So, how many, much weight have you lost now in these nine months? I think it's been I'm right about sixty five pounds. Wow, that's amazing. I'm happy. The journey continues, but now I'm just taking things, you know, day to day. So I'm I'm kind of just like I said, focusing on the food and stuff, and just not worrying about. In the beginning, it's like. When it's coming off, you're just like, oh my God, it's coming off so fast. I got to keep it going. How do I keep it going? What do I, you know, just like freaking out. Now I'm just like, just relax. Just, you know, we have my, our whole lives to figure this out, you know, right with intermittent fasting. So that's exactly right. I know I'll be doing it forever. So it's just about tweaking it, right? We talk about that all the time. You guys do on the podcast. We tweak it until we find our sweet spot. Exactly. And knowing that 
yes, 65 pounds in nine months is incredible. Losing 10 pounds a month for the first three months, amazing. But it's very, very normal for it to slow down. Yep. And it's actually also very normal for it to start off slow and then gradually maybe pick up a little bit and then slow down a little bit because you know, our bodies have a lot to do <laughs> to get the weight off. But, you know, at this point, it would be normal for it to be slowing down. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. What do you think as far as like your ideal goal of how much more you would like to lose? Well, my first goal was 220. I'm like a couple pounds away from right there. So that was going to be my first initial one. So almost there. And then I think after that, I'd like to just get down to an even two and kind of see what that feels like. I'll tell a quick backstory. Back in 2015, I started a weight loss journey, March 2015. And at that time, I was like, it was around the same weight, actually. It was like 290, right around there. And from March 2015 to, I would say, like January of 2016, I lost 90 pounds. I got down to 200. And that was through purely just diet change and exercise. I was exercising six, seven days a week. This was back. I was just working my job. Single, no kid, right? So you just do what you want, whenever you want. And how old were you at that point? At that point, I was like 24. I okay. think I was 24 when I started. I'm, I'll be 32 in two weeks, so... I did that. wasn't counting calories either, but it was, obviously I was eating a lot less calories because I changed the diet completely and just the exercise and stuff. And I had no idea about fasting, of course, at that time, but I lost all that weight. And then of course, once I started not eating that type of food anymore, the gym kind of slowly fell off. There it went. And Jen, I literally, all the weight came back and a little bit more. I mean, over the next however many years, but it all came back. I was like, oh my God. So 
finding intermittent fasting, this is to me the hack, the miracle, the trick, you know, because now I can guarantee I'm never going back there. It's it's not going to happen again. That's how I feel too. You know, when I lost the first 75 pounds that I wanted to lose, for the first time ever, I got rid of all my big clothes. I didn't save them for the first time ever. And I just somehow knew this was the time. Even though every time I'd lost the weight before, I yo-yoed back up and more and more. This time, it just felt different. And so, you know, that was spring of 2015. And here we are. It's 2023. And, you know, I'm wearing the same clothes. I never had to buy bigger clothes the whole time. So that feels amazing. But, you know, I know that I have a, a whole toolbox full of tools. Absolutely. I know you talk about that. And it, it is true. I mean, I do feel like you just know what to do. If you see the scale go up and you're getting a little worried, whatever, right? I mean, no one should be freaking out, but we know what to do. We know, it's feel like it's easy. You know, it's easy to not, for me at least, speak for myself, to not let myself go back there. We know when we really look inward, like the seasons where my honesty pants have gotten a little tight. I'm like, all right, what could be happening? I'm like, hmm, I've been having a lot of wine on the porch lately. And, you know, my window's been having some window creep. And I always know, or like I've gotten in the habit of buying a lot of cheese again. You know, that's a food that I can overeat very, very easily. Oh, I'm right there with you. It's delicious. That is delicious stuff. Yeah, oh, it yeah. really, really is. And, you know, cheese and crackers, is there an off switch? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> when the plate is empty, and I guess. I'm telling you. Yeah. So whenever I've thought about what could be going on, I always know what it is. Right, right. No, I love that. So your wife is doing intermittent fasting too. When did she get started? Right away? or She got started like two weeks after I did. Okay. After I found that guy on TikTok and I... I looked at, I guess we'll call it his plan or whatever he was advising people to do. And I go to my wife, her name is Daytona. I said, Daytona, here it is. This is what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, try this, blah, blah, blah. Oh, can I just stop you for one second? Yeah. Okay. Daytona and Austin. How cute yep. is that? I'm sorry. I, I just had to say it. Two cities. <laughs> what do you think is the one question everyone asks her when is they meet she her? from Florida? Yeah. That's one of them, but right. Cause we city or your parents, are they a fan of NASCAR? You know? Oh my and- God. That's so funny. They're not spring break. Maybe we think of it as spring break. (laughs) They literally just picked the name. So I think it's a beautiful name. Thank you. So Daytona and Austin. Yeah. So it is funny. We think about it. So Daytona saw you two weeks in. She saw me doing it. And I said, okay, and this is like in the two weeks I dropped, you know, whatever, eight pounds, right. All the water weight, right. Coming off. And she, I was like, this works. This is it. I found it. I found it. So I told her about it. I won't disclose any of her information, but she's definitely lost weight. She does it with me. We do it every day. So we're happy, you know, I think it's been a game changer. And the fact that y'all do it together, you know, so often it's the wives bringing it to the husbands. Like we hear a lot of wives that are doing it. Their husbands are not interested. They don't want to hear anything, but then eventually they start to listen and they're paying attention. And then maybe a year or two in, suddenly the husband's asking for black coffee or something like that. That's right. That's right. I I love it when it's the other way, when it's the husband who brings it to the wife. And absolutely. Usually it all doesn't take as long as it does for the other way around. That's right. That's (laughs) I know. Two weeks. (laughs) That's funny. I know. I know. It is usually the other way. You know, it's usually, oh, and sometimes we hear, oh, my husband's still not doing it, but I'm still trying to get him on board, you know, so. We do hear a lot of husbands who eventually get on board because they just see our husbands, you know, have seen us do so many things over the years. You know, I think about Chad watching me do all the crazy things and this is the one that stuck, but it wasn't the weight loss because he never needed to lose weight. It was he got convinced about the health benefits. That's right, which is awesome. 
Yeah. But the fact that y'all do it together, I think, is just the best thing because you support one another and you both understand it. That's true. I'll tell you real quick, too, before I forgot. So with the podcast, when I found Intermittent Fasting Stories, of course, people started talking about Delay, Don't Deny. So I ordered that book and I read Delay, Don't Deny in a couple of days and love that book. You know, just like so many people, just such a fun, great book to read. And then I ordered the Obesity Code, Dr. Fung, and I'm, I'm like halfway through. I'm trying to finish, but taking it slow. Everyone's busy, right? Everyone's got stuff that they're, that's going on. So order the obesity code, going through that. I ordered Cleanish as well. That's the next one I have to start. So I just wanted to tell you that. Well, I'm glad. I'm working on them. I'm really proud of Cleanish. That was a, a lot of research to do that. I and mean, of course, Fast Feast Repeat was as well. But Cleanish was a lot of research. And I learned so much while writing it. And I, like I said, I thought I was doing a good job before I wrote it. And then I, the more I'm learning, I'm like, I am not doing a good job. So I changed a lot of things after learning all the things. So anybody who's listening, if you've been avoiding Cleanish because it sounds hard, it's really not. It's harder when it comes to food. Yeah. Because we have so many triggers with food and going out to eat. But that's where the ish comes in. That's right. Even if it is a lot of information, just tell people, just take it slow. Take it at your own pace, you know, and just digest a little bit at a time. And knowledge is power. You don't have to change everything at once. But if you change one thing, you're better off than before you change that one thing. That's the way I look at it. It's just a step along the way, you know. 100%. (laughs) Love that. Well, good. I'm glad. And is your two-year-old a girl or a boy? She's a girl. Her name is Camden. Camden. Oh, that's a beautiful name as well. Camden. So she's going to grow up seeing healthy parents, living a cleanish lifestyle, teaching her about real food. Exactly. Exactly. That's the plan. So yeah, excited for that. So you mentioned that you were 290 a couple of times in your life, but most recently when you first started intermittent fasting and you mentioned you'd struggled with your weight really all your life. When's the first time that you remember feeling like you were overweight compared to like maybe your friends? I mean, I think, it. God, I think that's going to go back to, I mean, really middle school was the early because elementary school I was, I started to get a little bit, but middle school, I think, I just think the dynamic changes with, you know, you're growing and the hormones and emotions and kind of relationship building with friends and that type of thing. So pretty early on, you know, all through middle school, all through high school, I think the biggest I got to was when I was like my early years of college. So maybe like 2009, 2011, somewhere in there, 2012. That's when I think I was, I was over 300 easily without a doubt. So it's just something that weighs on your mind. Obviously, you know, if you're in that position and you just think about it, I did all the time. And it's like, you want to make a change. You want to help yourself and get better, but it's easier said than done. And for one reason or another, you just don't do it, you know, and then you just kind of stay miserable. And it's like, why, why, why? So it goes back pretty far for me. So I know what it was like as a girl going through that as a woman and just, you know, hearing it from the perspective of a male going through college and feeling the, you know, the weight struggles and thinking back. I do think that it's more of a problem now. I mean, you're a good bit younger than me. (laughs) I could have been your teacher and your mom. I mean, (laughs) there we go. I've been married since before you were born. So, but I think it's gotten I mean, I know it has. We, the, re, the data shows us. It's much more of an issue now than it was, you know, in the 80s when I was in college. But now, you know, there's a lot of people struggling. It's the whole food environment, wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. I think so. And there's this, we'll just call it what it is, crap, garbage, junk, whatever, just all around us. And I mean, 
just thrown at us. It's advertised everywhere. It's just available. It's that's, you know, it's the cheap stuff, quote unquote, you know, just fast food everywhere. It's like, it's hard. It is hard. There is temptation everywhere. And snacking is more of a thing now. Like I, I'm thinking back to when I was young. I mean, we, we had junk food and garbage food. We had Pop-Tarts. We had Kool-Aid. We had Tang. I mean, we had the food, but we didn't consume it constantly. I think that really is the difference. You know, when I started teaching in 1990, before you were born. <laughs> one year. You got me beat by one year. We didn't even have snack time at school. The kids came to school. They ate breakfast before they got here. We, there, we did not have a breakfast program. They ate breakfast before they got there. They had lunch in the middle of the day, and then they went home. That was it. But by the time I retired in 2018, you know, they were coming to school. They might have eaten before they got there, but then they also had breakfast at school, and then they were having morning snack and then lunch, and then a lot of them had a second snack, and then they went home and had another snack. I mean, there it is right there. It's the food, but it's also, I think, the frequency. It's funny, Jen. I think I remember you saying, telling a story one time with a kid that was in one of your classes just munching on Oreos. And he was munching on those Oreos for however many yeah, hours. Oreo. Oh, my God. I remember that kid. He's like sitting there with that Oreo, like like yeah. eating it like a little mouse with a piece of cheese that you would see on like a, a cartoon. And he's like making that Oreo last the whole morning. Yeah. That's right. And, of course, I'm just thinking, oh, my God, the insulin, the insulin. They're just spiking the insulin the whole time, you know? Constantly. That, that was a little funny. I wanted to say to you, speaking of insulin, I went to – I had an appointment recently with a new primary doctor and uh, just to kind of establish care. And I asked him, this was last week, he says, well, let's get some labs done, just make sure everything is good, whatever. I said, okay, while we're on the subject, can I please get my fasted insulin level tested? Because I know you guys talk about that. And I said, I want to know my number. And he's like, um, yeah, he, he was just very confused. He was like, yeah, we can do that. He's like, you know, what, what I'm really concerned with is your A1C and your this and that. And, the, and, the, and I was like, I said, that's fine. I said, you test whatever you want with my blood, but the facet insulin, I said, I'd really like to know if we can do that, please. And he was like, sure. Okay. We, we can do that. Okay. I was like, thank you. So I got the results back and I think my number was at a six. So okay. That's fabulous. I can't, is that good? Okay. Yes. I can't remember yep. where that fell on the. Five and below is optimal. So six is just right there. You know, I'm not really sure. I'm wondering about this myself just because, you know, we since I've been wearing a CGM off and on, we know that our blood sugar level varies a lot. Yep. Even in the fasted state, your liver's always, you know, doing what it needs to do. Your body's dumping glycogen. Your blood sugar stays within that range, but it's always up and down, up and down. I wonder how tight the range of insulin is in response to that. Like I watching my blood sugar go up and down during the fast, you know, we say optimal is five or below. I wonder what the range might be for a normal fasting insulin. Like, I just don't know. I know. Yeah. That would, that would be some good to know. Like I, the variability is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how much it varies. Like maybe yours fluctuates from four to six. I'm just making something up. I don't really know. Or three to seven. I'm just not really sure how it fluctuates. I would like to know, but it's not easy to test the insulin. It is a great thought because then you can be like, well, it could be down here. It could be, you know, right. Just like the blood sugar. And I think you guys mentioned before Drinking coffee, because I did have coffee in the morning before. It's the only thing. Doesn't that dump? I mean. Well, your coffee tends to cause, like I, I noticed wearing my CGM that after I drink coffee, my blood glucose does go up because it stimulates the liver to dump glycogen. And there's your blood sugar going up. So it's not the coffee because the coffee has no sugar, but it's coming from within your body. So our bodies naturally regulate 
how much insulin is coming out also to meet the needs of, oh, blood sugar's up, let me release some more insulin. So I, I there's got to be a level of variability. Like, you know, your fasting insulin was six, but that doesn't mean that I think that it's always six, 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 six. There's got to be a range of variability. And I just don't know, like I said, I don't know what that might be. I agree. I think there is. I think that's a good point you bring up too. I haven't even thought about that myself. So that I think that's important. And I'm sure there is, right? Of course, it's not going to be the well, same every single day. Like, you well, know, it's yeah. like somebody who got hers retested and it was up slightly and she's like, oh my God, it's going up. I'm like, not necessarily. We don't know what your range might be. And I don't know that we know like what, how much variability. I mean, maybe somebody knows, but I've never seen it written anywhere. <laughs> I think you're right. And going back to, I want to comment on when he said like, you know, we're just snacking right always snacking like i was no different that's how i was you know because snacking is fun and it's like we're just programmed to have something in our mouth and just well i if, if it's not a meal i gotta have chips or i gotta have a drink or i gotta have whatever right it's like we always want 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 something to satisfy us but well and it's always the stuff that's not going to satisfy us that's what we're snacking on because i look back at when i was a constant snacker and the kids in my classroom i would buy you know big packages of multi-snack pack stuff or like that you know there's like do y'all have lance crackers over there or is that just a southern thing i think i've heard of heard of them but i haven't seen them <laughs> packs like six crackers but they have like some kind of filling it might be peanut butter okay cheese crackers or something or like there was one kind of it was like i don't know cream cheese and chives stuffed in like i don't know but there's these packs of crackers there were six of them in there and I, I think they had like 120 calories or something i don't know but i think about that now i mean no wonder i was starving after i had that that is such an unsatisfying snack yep absolutely just gonna leave you wanting more because you could just rip open 10 of those packages and go through them you know i, I can i mean it's like oh, I that's can what too. i really wanted to do you know, and you'll still be hungry. You're still not getting nutrients that your body needs or is craving. Yeah. Well, that brings us to that phrase, you know, overfed and undernourished. And I think that really describes our our society. You can be obese and also malnourished at the same time. I really do think that obesity is very much a issue of malnourishment because your body is crying out for nourishment. And so you can't help that you're starving because your body is like, come on, feed me have a carrot. That's right. Come on. I need some, yeah, give me some some sustenance here with something, you know, that's good for me. Absolutely. So how, since you've been doing intermittent fasting for these nine months, how have you changed the way you're eating in general, like your taste in food? So, okay. I know you, you asked this question with as far as taste buds and what people are craving, what they want. I don't know. I do crave just like overall the better quality foods. Again, it's not to say I don't enjoy some ice cream or some whatever, right, of the of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I don't think I'll ever stop, unfortunately. No. But just like, you know, going to a Whole Foods, picking out some organic meat, some organic fruits and veggies, whatever. I mean, that's just delicious. That's like the best, most high quality thing that I could think of that I, I want. Like, let's just, you know, I'll tell Daytona, let's make, let's go to the store, let's get this stuff. Let's make a delicious, home-cooked, just quality meal, you know, that's going to satisfy us and nourish us. And that's like our favorite thing. We love that. It has changed as opposed to wanting just, ah, oh, what do you want tonight? Ah, oh, just now we'll just go easy, run through McDonald's, you know, whatever, and that type of thing. No, I would be mad if I had to do that. <laughs> yeah, like if that was going to be my only meal, I'd be like, absolutely not. No. And that being said, I've never lost my taste for a McDonald's 
burger and fries. I will probably always like the taste of them, but I would not want that to be my my whole window. Right. It would I would not feel good. I still like it too. I'm right there with you, but there's very few fast food I would like to eat, but that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I would still eat it, but not for my whole window. But yeah, craving the better quality foods. You know, you were talking about ice cream. I'm totally an ice cream snob now. I am not going to eat cheap ice cream. It's got to be really good quality. Yep, absolutely. Speaking of ice cream, she just ordered me. We're going to get one of those Ninja Creamies that's all over the place that everyone's using. So I'm excited to make some homemade experiment, make some recipes with that. So. That does sound really fun. So do you put like frozen fruit in there? What do you do? Yeah, you could put, I mean, I've been seeing videos, again, TikTok, right? That's where I'm on these days getting all these ideas from. So people just throw in, they'll be like, I have these fresh peaches here with like heavy cream that I pour in or whatever, right? And then they'll just, you'll freeze it for 24 hours. You take it out and then you throw it in the machine and, and it spins it in it. There's different settings for different things. And then boom, you have like a homemade peaches and cream ice cream or whatever it is that you want, but all kinds of fruit. I mean, people throw candy, whatever. And you just throw it in there and then does the thing. Well, I love the sound of that because you know exactly what's in it. Yes, yes, absolutely. You're not putting carinogen or whatever. I don't know how you say that. I've never known how to say yep, that. I know. Don't I don't know, know how mean. to say it either. Yep. <laughs> you don't want it. I do know that. But you're not putting that in there. You're just putting in what what you know, the ingredients that you can recognize. You know, oh, I can remember that just brought back memories of my granddaddy Trainum back in the 70s and the 80s. He would get you know, South Carolina lot of peaches. I know everybody thinks that Georgia is the peach state, but actually South Carolina grows more peaches than Georgia. So take that, Georgia. So That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I learned something new. Yeah. I'm so happy to be back to South Carolina because I'm connecting with my South Carolina roots. But I remember my granddaddy trained him. He would make homemade ice cream, the kind that you had to churn and those wooden churns. I don't know if you've ever seen anybody do those okay. by hand. Yep. You put in your rock salt and you put in your ice and you churn it. But he would make peach ice cream from fresh peaches that they just like went down the road and got from somebody at a you know local peach stand. And that was summer right there. That is- but it didn't have anything weird in it. It was just stuff that my granddaddy would put that together and he would churn that up. And it was the best ice cream in the world. Oh, yeah. You can't beat that. You cannot beat something like that. It sounds delicious. Well, I bet you're going to get some good stuff out of that Ninja Creamy. Hopefully. Well, that sounds really good. Absolutely. So you mentioned you you don't work out at all. Do you do any kind of, I know you don't go to the gym. Okay. I won't say I don't work out at right. all, but it, it is so, <laughs> it's sparingly just, it's so far and few between. Recently, I've done a couple of just like 5k races near my house. I do like to do that. That's fun for me. Just super simple, just short, you know, just get outside and just, it's a quick run, you know, and just get that done. So I've done some of that, but I am pretty active with the baby or toddler here, I guess I should say, just moving around, going out, doing different things. We'll go outside and play, whatever. So I think I'm, I'm mobile. I'll say that. I'm not, not sedentary at the very least, but I would like to get one of my goals for the near future is to get back into the gym, just to kind of start doing strength training and get stronger, build some muscle. That's what I'd I'd like to do. So it's nothing crazy, but that is one of the goals coming up to start doing that. I think it's it's good to start working on that now. You're in your 30s and, you know, get that muscle built now. And I think it helps us age. I'm I'm working on that as well. You're thinking about how, you know, now that I'm in my early 50s, thinking about how I can make sure that I age strong. Right. You got it. That matters. Absolutely. So is there anything that you struggle with? I think sometimes it's just, it's just a head game. Like most days I'm just fine, you know, and I'm like, 
this is my fasting time. Just get busy, find a show, find a book. For me, I mean, it's easy most days. Just got to entertain the kid and keep her busy and play with her, right? And feed her and just do her stuff. So that does keep my wife and I busy. But sometimes if you just have some downtime and just like sitting around, you know, and it's like, oh God, I'm I'm hungry. Or at least I think I'm hungry, right? But it's still a little bit to go until the window is going to open. And so some days it's just a head game. Like, no, Austin, you don't. Right now you're bored. There's nothing going on. You're not truly hungry. You do not have that, you know, because you'll know when you're hungry, right? It's not that, you know, you just need to just chill out a little bit and just find something to do and just wait, you know, until it's time for your window to open. We hear this from so many listeners that they, you know, listeners of the podcast and they join the community and they're like, you know, I hear everyone on the podcast talk about how easy it is and it is not easy for me and I'm waiting for it to get easy. And so, you know, just to distinguish the two types of easy and the two types of hard, we've got physical and then we've got mental slash emotional. And so I think when people say it's easy, you know, once you're fat adapted, it's physically easy. Yep. But that doesn't mean it's always going to be emotionally or mentally easy. And then I think that there are two kinds of people. I mean, there's millions of kinds of people. But when it comes to the mentally part, for some of us, it is mentally easy and freeing because we're like, oh, thank goodness, I no longer have to think about food all the time. For people like that, it's very mentally easy. But for other people who are more used to you know, soothing with food or eating for emotional reasons, suddenly you don't have that anymore. And so that's the kind of mentally and emotionally hard that a lot of people really struggle with. They can drink black coffee, but they miss the mental, emotional pleasure that they got from their creamy coffee, for example. That's right. And so everybody listening, it is not always going to be easy. Even when it's physically easy, it might be mentally challenging. But, you know, we can do hard things and we can look deep at why. You know, why am I feeling at 10 a.m. that I need to eat something? Am I hungry? Am I bored? Am I sad? That's right. I couldn't agree more. So I think just the mental and I'm nowhere near close to mastering fasting or knowing everything. I never will be. I feel like I've done pretty well and I've understand a lot of things, which, you know, since I've started the journey. But yeah, every day is different. Every day is different for every single one of us. Like you said, just just mentally, you know, I know what I have to do. It's just some days it's like, oh, you know, I want to eat. I want to, but you keep on. And and like we talked before, if there's a day where you just take a bite, you just start eating some food. It's okay. It's just one day. That's what I've had to tell myself that plenty of times. It's just a day. Guess what? Tomorrow's another day and we get to reset and it's perfectly fine. You didn't mess up. You didn't hurt anything. You're fine. So it's okay. Yep. You didn't fall off the wagon. You're not starting over. I would like everyone to get the word starting over out of their mind. My new book that's coming out in December, the 28-Day Fast Start Day by Day, is really designed to get people to have a long-term mindset. And from the beginning, I'm like, you're not going to quit. You're not going to start over. You're not. You're, you know, you're committing to this. Make yourself a promise that you're going to do this for even when the days aren't perfect. Right. When you start, that's when your journey begins. And I know, Jen, you talked about, obviously, you started fasting regularly in 2014, right? That's when you started. But your fasting journey went back to what, 2009? Yeah, right around 2009. That is overall, that is when your journey started. Well, okay, that's interesting to think about. I've never dated myself from 2009. That's how I look at it, bud. That's a lot of years. Yeah. <laughs> 
because at that time you you looked into it, you researched, right? You started, even if it wasn't full time, but you dabbled so off and on until you started. So, I mean, that's how I would look at it. I love that you said that because, you know, that puts me at 14 years in now instead. That's right. <laughs> it's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this, all of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. It's funny to hear a lot about people tell their stories about how long they've heard about intermittent fasting. I'm thinking, I just keep, sometimes I say to myself, where the heck have I been, man? Where was I for, you know, like, how did I not start this earlier? You know, how did I not hear about Jen Stevens or the podcast or any of this stuff earlier, you know? So it's weird when I think about it. Well, you were not stuck in diet culture. See, that's how I know about everything because I was, you know, always reading all the what's in the Amazon top diet books today. And I would look at those when I had time. So I was like a diet shopper. I was always looking for the, the newest diet. So that's how you missed it because you just weren't looking for it. Right, right. That's true. Absolutely. And my editor told me maybe a year ago or at some point, she said, every book proposal that's coming across the publisher's desks now for a quote diet or you know weight management, all of them have intermittent fasting as a component in there now. Yep. something with it. And I was like, that's actually awesome, except we don't need a diet book about it. We don't right, <laughs> right. And we need to have, I uh, think that's why like Jen Stevens, Dr. Fung, certain people, we need the good information to be out there because I am one of the people that if you're not clean fasting, and I, when I first started, I'll back up a little bit. I didn't know what clean fasting was because this guy, although he had some good information, he's telling people, you know, you can have the lemon in the water, you can have just a drop of the creamer to get right. And I was using stevia for like the first couple of weeks because I had no idea. I didn't know. But I, on my own, I started to question it. I was like, I don't know. I said, I know it's zero calories, but I was like, I don't know if this is doing any, you know, if it's hindering me or not. I, I didn't know. Well, long story short, we know now. But once I really got into your podcast, then I figured out, I was like, okay, okay. See, now I know for sure. So then I, I cut it out. So clean fasting, that's how I know I'm serving my body. If you're not, okay, I'll say for me, if I'm not clean fasting, it's kind of like, well, what, what's the point then? Well, that's what I think too. You know, if, you know, let's say that everyone has a different insulin response because we're all so different in like how tall we are and how big our toes are, right? So we all have personalized glycemic responses. So is it possible we could have a personalized insulin response? Of course it is. 
But that being said, if there's a chance that this is going to cause your insulin to go up and we can't test it, you know, throughout the day, why would you take that chance? Yep. That's the way I look at it. It's like the better safe than sorry. It's doesn't hurt me to have plain water and black coffee and, you know, I don't like tea, but if you like tea, plain tea. So better safe than sorry. That's right. I was lucky. I, I think I adapted to the black coffee pretty quickly. For the first few days there, it was like, oh my God, this is the end of the world. It's, it's all <laughs> over for me, you know. Now it's, we talk about, it's part of that morning ritual. And that is so true for me. Just a cup of the hot, whatever, the liquid, right? And now I look forward and I love my black coffee in the morning, whether it's at work or at home, usually two cups is what I have every day on average. And that's just like my my little happy place in the morning, you know? Yeah. So anybody who's struggling with the creamy coffee, you can develop a happy relationship with black coffee too. This morning I was watching the sun come up on my porch. I saw dolphins today. That's always my favorite kind of day. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You don't see dolphins often, but there I saw three of them today. Sometimes they're like swimming together and there were two swimming right together and then another one in, in front of it. But that black coffee is just, it's part of my morning ritual now. And that's right. It's just as satisfying and more satisfying because it doesn't trigger hunger like that creamy stuff I used to drink. Yep. No headache later on, you know, no residual effect. And the black coffee didn't from the sugar and the right, whatever is loaded in there. The black coffee, I'll tell everyone, it's not like the second I tried it for the first time, it was like, oh, it's amazing. This is fine. No, I did not like it. I did not think it was good at all. But within a few days, that's why I think I'm lucky because it was pretty quick. I was like, okay, yeah, I can do this. You know, I just want the cup of the hot whatever. So that was my experience. So Our taste buds do change. They do, 100%. I really think anybody who likes the smell of coffee, if you like the smell of like coffee beans and, you know, coffee brewing, you can learn to drink black coffee. Now, if you hate the smell of coffee, don't drink coffee. There is no requirement to drink coffee because sometimes people don't like coffee, don't drink coffee, and they think they have to start. Yep. You do not. If you don't like coffee or want coffee, don't have coffee. So, <laughs> yep. And I have it most every day. But there are days. Absolutely. I just have water and that's it. And then, of course, the sparkling water from you guys. Yep. That's what I'm having right now. I've got my, my Kroger sparkling water. Kroger seltzer is delicious. Topo Chico is the one that I've been on lately right now. In the now. glass the, bottle. Yes. I love Topo Chico is like so fizzy and just, oh, it's good. It's not the same in the plastic bottle. The first time I ever tried it, I was in Florida at a gas station and I got it in the plastic bottle. And I'm like, this is not that good. Why is everyone talking about this? But then later I had it in the glass bottle. I'm like, okay, I see the difference. <laughs> and then I remember one of your listeners before they said for like a treat during your window, the Topo Chico lime with the twist of lime. So I have a case of that at my house right now as well. And that with like some more fresh squeezed lime in there with a little bit of like, I've been getting into like tequila lately. So like some additive free tequila that I buy, some good high quality stuff. That is oh, I bet that is absolutely good. delicious. Ooh, I try that. It is so, so good. So it's like a margarita-ish, but. It's like, I don't know if it's a ranch water. Oh, is that what, what it's called? Water is, but okay. it might be, or I might be wrong. So people don't come after me, but those three things, super good, refreshing. Well, I think I would like that. Topo Chico, a little bit of tequila, and some lime. I think I would. Because, you know, the problem with the margarita, I mean, I like a really good margarita. We have great margaritas down here at the Chimichanga Llama close to my house. But they're very sweet. Like, you know, one, that's all I can handle. But I, I bet I would really like just the plain lime tequila 
sparkling. It's really good, refreshing. And summer is uh, just about here. So it's it was perfect. Eighty something degrees here today. So okay, the sun's out, but we still have some of the cold weather over here in LA with the rain, and uh, it's weird. Well, it could be anything tomorrow because our we're still in spring. It's we're recording this in early May, so (laughs) in spring, literally, it could be one day, it could be eighty, and the next day, it could be sixty. It could happen. That's right. So, do you share your story? Do you share intermittent fasting with people in your everyday life? I know you and your wife are both doing it. I do. I'm not one that gives too many details, just because you know a few times already. Of course, people they've questioned in a way like, oh, oh, that you know, kind of weird. I shut it down. I just change the subject. I have no problem talking about it if someone wants to listen and I I love to teach them what I learned, but I don't put it out there. I don't bring it bring it up. I just kind of keep to myself. So I don't feel like arguing with anybody. I don't want to go through all that. So that's very, very smart. Sometimes people will ask in the community, they're like, I was talking to my friend and my friend said this and what should I say? I'm like, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to convince your friend. It is okay for them to think you're wrong. I think that's part of you know, growing up and maturing in life is not having to win an argument. I mean, you can know you're right and also stop talking. <laughs> exactly. See, even if you know that they think you're wrong, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do what I want to do. You do what you want to do. We can still be friends, acquaintances. Whatever. The world is going to keep going. It's not going to stop. And you can think I'm wrong all day long and I don't even mind. It's okay. It's perfect. I'm good to go. To know that at 31, thumbs up. Because I don't know that I knew that yet. <laughs> 31. I get it. So <laughs> no unnecessary drama. You know, I'm busy. I got stuff to do. I just focus on my kid and my wife. And that's my life. That's fasting kid wife. That's like, I love I'm it. You. I love it. And delicious That's what food. it is these days. Delicious food. That's right. So are you and your wife, do y'all have the same eating window? Yes, pretty much. Pretty much the same, right? So like she did Oh my, a little bit, but she's mostly been on like, lunch and dinner is what worked for her. So right right now we do have the same eating window, which is great because we just absolutely love that time together where we both sit down and we just enjoy a meal together. We can just talk and it's just, we're eating good food and it's fun. We love that. It's important to us, you know, just like it is. In, it's important to a lot of people to share the good meal with their loved ones. So that's kind of where we're at. I love that. And I love that y'all like to cook and eat together. And yep. I mean, that's a ritual that I think a lot of, you know, in our in our busy world where we're eating a bunch of crap all the time, we have lost the connecting over the dinner table, family time. Absolutely. Meals are no longer special because we're having them all the time. But when you're a faster, the meals are special. Very, very much so. Very special. Very important, of course, to know what we're putting in our body. So I do want to mention real quick too. I know you ask people sometimes like the benefits they've seen. Oh yeah, non-scale victories and other benefits. Exactly. So one of the biggest things is I had GERD pretty bad before this. Yeah, it was it was not good. Reflux for anybody who's not sure. Yep. And I was exploring some options to just get it taken care of. And ever since the fasting, it is gone, 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 gone. It can be a scary thing. If, if it's left untreated, that's not good. So... I was happy that this fasting kind of just took care of that. You know, it was really great. That's awesome. We hear people who, when they're first adjusting, they may have some issues, especially if they're eating too late at night for their body. They may need to back down their eating window a little bit so that the food is not sitting up there high in their stomach, pressing up against their esophagus when they're trying to lay down and go to bed. But I love that it has reversed your GERD. That's fantastic. Yes, I, I could not be happier with that. I'm 
that's like a huge, that huge is victory. huge. Yeah. Cause we do not want to be on those medications long-term. They are not good for our bodies. They lead to all sorts of other problems yep. like down in our small intestines. And so, yeah, absolutely. Any other um, non-scale victories or health benefits you've seen? The other one that is also probably just as important, if not more important, intermittent fasting has really allowed me to cut down on drinking alcohol. I was a pretty big drinker before. And it's just the fasting is so important to me. And obviously, you know, not consuming anything during that time. My drinking has just not eliminated, of course, because like I said, I'm kind of getting into tequila and stuff. But it's like once a week, if even that, where I'll have a drink or two. I mean, it's down so much compared to what it was. So that is another huge victory for me. That's great. And I think a lot of people find that to be true. A friend of mine in Augusta, and this is right after, this is probably 2017, someone that I knew, she told me the same thing. She was struggling with overconsumption of wine and she had been struggling with it and worried about it for a long, long time. And she said after she started doing intermittent fasting, that just like leveled off and she no longer was having that issue. And I'm like, that's amazing. And I, so I think you're not alone. You know, we become so much more mindful about how we feel and over consuming anything doesn't feel good anymore. Right. 100%. So no, to fill up on anything, it's, it's not a good feeling mentally or physically. Well, I have, I've really enjoyed talking to you today and we are almost out of time, but what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Okay, just quickly, I'll, I'll tell people, when you start out your intermittent fasting journey, it is literally that, it is your journey. So like we said, you'll start out in the beginning, but there's no messing up, there's no failing. You just literally take it one day at a time and you get to experiment and you get to try all kinds of things. You tweak it until it works. And what works for you is gonna be completely different than what works for somebody else. Make the journey your own, and I promise you stick with it. You will have success, whether it's on the scale or otherwise. We already know there are just countless benefits to doing this, and this lifestyle, it'll change your life for the better. So that's what I have to say about that. Well, Austin, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thank you, Jen. It was amazing and a dream to be on the podcast today. I appreciate it. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I have missed these Friday night dinners. Mm. Hey, welcome to Harvey Gras. At these family dinners, Delicious, everyone. dysfunction is served. Wow. I can't have you all messing things up for my entire adult life. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we embarrass you? Jump, jump, jump. It's already better than I dared to dream. 
They're extra. Let the wild rumpus start! And they're embarrassing. We know how hard it is to move on from the first girl that you ever slept with. Not the first girl who I ever slept with. Yeah, 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 right. You're a regular lady killer. I thought you said it was going to be boring here tonight. No! I really hoped it would be. But they couldn't love each other more. Surprise! Mom and Dad being totally normal. Wow. So, dinner next Friday, everyone? Wouldn't miss for the world. Dinner with the Parents, Season 1. Stream free only on Freebie.